Let's pray together before we turn our attention to God's word this morning. Father, you are so good to us, and we are just purely recipients of your mercy and grace. To be here together like this is a gift, and we're grateful. And we invite you now, we submit to you now, and ask you to speak to us through your word and transform us as individuals and as a church. Open our eyes to your word and your word to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Okay, so here comes the sermon that I have tried to tailor fit for the very youngest among us to be able to hang with. See, one of them was finishing a yawn as I said that. But I hope, hopefully it will be, um, hopefully it will be really helpful to everybody in here. So it's really, really great to be Christians together. And we want to invite as many people as we possibly can to be Christians with us. But in order to do that well, we need to make sure we understand what Christians are. It's pretty fundamental. We want to make sure we understand what Christians are. So be thinking about it in your own mind. How would you answer that question? What are Christians? I'll tell you a little story that might help illustrate why this is so important. I may have told you this before. I can never remember. I'm like the old, I'm like a grandpa or something. I only have three stories and I recycle them and I can't remember that I've already told them a hundred times, but... Have I told you about the first time I did my taxes? Okay, maybe this is a new story. Uh, first time I did my taxes, I did my very best to do them correctly according to the booklet that came with them. I didn't do them on the internet. This was back then. I probably could have, but I just did them on paper based on the instructions, and I was very nervous about it. I'd never done them before, my income taxes, my income tax return. And I didn't know what would happen if I got them wrong. I didn't know if the IRS was going to arrest me for tax fraud or something, if I made a mistake. It was very nerve-wracking. I did my best. I filled out the forms. I mailed them in. Weeks passed, and no government officials knocked on my door or anything. In fact, eventually, I actually received a refund from my tax return. So naturally, I assumed, well, I must have done it correctly. Great. What a relief. And so I kept all that documentation, and next year when tax time came around, I returned to my original tax return, and just I did it the exact same way, but with my new figures, because it worked out. So I said, it must be right. So I duplicated it for the next year. The very next year, I went back to that first return. For years, I based my tax returns on how I did it that first year, thinking that must be right. Well, wouldn't you know it, the first year of our marriage, I get a letter from the IRS saying, Remember that first year you did your taxes? You did them wrong and you owe us money. They finally got around to, to checking it, I guess. I don't know how the process works. Oh, no. And then another letter. The next year you did, based on that first year, you did that one wrong too. And then another letter, another letter, another letter. Every year up to that point, I had been doing my taxes wrong and they just figured it out. And it was time for me to pay them back. Let's not do the same thing with Christians. Let's not assume that we understand what Christians are and then invite people in to Christianity with us and accidentally be reproducing something else by mistake. We could accidentally invite people to come and be really religious with us and do religious stuff, but that's not the same thing as being a Christian. We could accidentally invite people in to try to be nicer than they were before, but being nice isn't exactly the same thing as being a Christian. So we're going to return to the beginning. We're going to just 
try to wipe clear assumptions and just think clearly about what Christians are together. We're going to read Colossians chapter 1, verses 21 through 23. There's different ways to answer that question. And we're going to see one way here in these three verses. And we're actually going to start by trying to understand what Christians aren't. Sometimes it's easier to understand what something is by understanding what it is not. And so we're going to start by seeing what Christians used to be, what they were before they became Christians. Colossians chapter 1, verse 21. The Apostle Paul, writing to a church, a group of Christians, says, And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. So we'll just stop right there for a second. What are those who are not yet Christians, according to the Bible? They are alienated from God. That means they are separated from God by a broken relationship with God. That's what that word alienated means here. Alienated, hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. Separated from God because of a broken relationship with him. Has anybody in here ever broken a bone? Yes, several have. Elias raised his hand. I remember Elias rolled off of the playset back here behind the church several years ago. Sounded like he landed on a limb and snapped a limb, but he didn't. He landed on his arm and snapped his arm. And uh, he, I have to say, he was very tough about it. He's like his old man. <laughs> but it hurts. It hurts when part of your body gets broken, and something that was supposed to be joined together gets separated. It's very painful. Now, it hurts physically. It also hurts relationally. When Think about your relationships with people. When people that are supposed to be united and together, the relationship's broken and they're separated when they should be close. So think about relationships with friends or siblings. Think about it with parents. It's painful when the relationship gets separated. If a child does something wrong they're not supposed to do, even if the parent isn't aware of it, the relationship is not right. And the child has to live hiding something, covering something, careful about what they say to make sure they don't get found out, and they're not enjoying the closeness that they're supposed to with their parents. So it's painful physically when something's broken and separated that's supposed to be together. It's painful relationally when something is broken and separated that's supposed to be together. And it's infinitely more painful when it's our relationship with God. You were designed for a close relationship with God, for God to be as your father. That's how you were built. You simply were not built and designed and created to live life on your own apart from him. But every human being that's ever born, that has been our experience. That is the human condition apart from Jesus Christ. We live in a broken relationship with God, far from him when we're meant to be close to him. We are far because of our hostile minds and evil deeds. Our enemy thoughts, our evil deeds keep us far away from him. The biggest thing missing from someone who is not yet a Christian isn't they need more religious stuff going on in their lives, and it isn't that they just need to be nicer. Is that they need their relationship with God to be made right. And there's only one way for that to happen. And that's in the next verse. So we just saw what a Christian was before they became a Christian. Now we'll see what a Christian is. We'll start back at verse 21. And you who were once 
alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. Now, that's a lot to take in. But basically what it says, in answer to the question, what are Christians? Christians are those who have been reunited with God in a healed relationship because of Jesus Christ. That's one way to understand what Christians are. That word reconciled means to be brought together in a fixed relationship. And you guys have probably experienced that. You've probably had a broken relationship with somebody that you care about and want to be close with. And you've probably experienced a healing there. If if one of you was able to forgive, if you're able to forgive each other and come back together, what a a blessing that is, what a great feeling that is. And that's just a, a shadow of the feeling of becoming a Christian and having your relationship with God, your Heavenly Father, made right again. It can only happen through Jesus Christ. And this is why we are Christians The only way for us to be made right with God is by Jesus' payment for our sins. God never said, okay, you guys did a bunch of stuff wrong, and you need to clean up your act and earn your way back into a relationship with me. He knew that that was impossible. Our sins have separated us too far, and we cannot earn our way back. So the only hope was for God to come and get us. So God the Son... Jesus Christ came and he lived as a human being, only he never sinned. And he died on the cross to pay for your sins and my sins. And he was buried and everybody saw it. And he arose from the grave and everybody saw it. And it proved everything he taught. So everybody that believes in Jesus for their forgiveness of their sins is brought by Jesus and made without sin, without fault, without blame, and presented to God the Father. And God the Father welcomes us back to to the relationship we were always meant to have with him. So the big thing that's different about a Christian and a non-Christian isn't that the Christian's more religious and does more religious stuff. And it isn't that the Christian's nicer, although those things most likely will come about. The big difference is the Christian's relationship with God the Father has been made right through Jesus Christ. And now they can live in closeness with God, whereas before... They were alienated and cut off from him and living as if orphans in this dark and scary world. So that's one way to understand what Christians are. But there's one more verse in our three verses. And I want you, I'm going to read all three verses and look for the word if. It's a two-letter word. Look for the word if. So starting back at verse 21. And you who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds... He has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If, indeed, you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. You see the word if in there. It's an important word in this passage. So Christians are those who have been brought back into a right relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ. But we're always tempted to walk away from it for some reason. 
There's always forces in this world that would pull us away from that closeness with God through Jesus Christ. The Colossians were tempted to seek other spirits and angels to help them be close to God rather than Jesus. We may not be tempted just like they were, but we too might be tempted to trust in something else to be close to God, or we might be tempted to feel like we don't need to be close to God, to feel like we can do it on our own and we don't need him at all. True Christians won't leave Christ. If someone is able to walk away from a restored relationship with God through Jesus Christ, it proves that they never really had it. If you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel, then these things I've been talking about are true of you. It's not, I went forward at a Billy Graham crusade 40 years ago, therefore I'm a Christian. It's right now I continue in the faith. I continually stay in this right relationship with God through Jesus Christ. It's not, I used to go to church, or I go to church sometimes. It's I steadfastly am in a relationship with God God through Jesus Christ. I have a little story to share with you that may make this plain for us. And this is how we'll close the sermon. So there was a, a child who lived with his father, and his father was a good father. He provided for the child everything he needed, food, clothes, shelter, safety. He guided the child, disciplined the child when the child did wrong. He protected the child. But one day, the child thought, I want to do what I want to do. I don't need my dad. And so he gathered his things into his book bag, his stuffed animal, his favorite toy, a pack of crackers for something to eat, and his hat. And he said, Dad, I don't need you. I don't want you. I'm going to go and live on my own. And he ran away. Now, as you can imagine, very soon the child's provisions ran dry. The child lost his way. And soon he was going to sleep at night alone and scared and hungry and dirty and lost. He couldn't find it where he needed to go and he wouldn't know how to get there if he didn't know where it was. And then right when he could take it no longer, the father came and found him and scooped him up in his strong arms and brought him all the way home. Brought him inside, gave him a nice hot bath, cleaned him all up, gave him a fresh pair of clothes, gave him a, a warm meal and tucked him into his bed. And that child knew he was never going to leave his father again. He was never going to go to bed alone and scared again because his father was going to protect him. He was never going to have to search through a dumpster for food again because his father was going to feed him. He was never going to have to find his own way in this world again because his father was going to guide him. That's something of what Christians are. We are the runaway children brought home by the Father. That's what Christianity is. Now, if you're not a Christian, I just want to invite you to receive this. It's good news. And as Tom shared, it's possible to have been at church a long time and not have fully received this. To still just be trying to be religious or nice, but not receive the Father's grace and love and mercy through Jesus Christ. 
and been brought back into right relationship with him. And if that's you, just come and talk to me. Talk to me during the closing song. Talk to me after the service. Talk to me anytime. We'll, we'll talk about this. We'll pray about this. And you can receive this right relationship with God. If you are a Christian, if this is true of you, I just want to remind you of what you have. Sometimes we as Christians live as if we're still the scared runaway child on our own, but that's not true. We have our loving Father now. We're in a right relationship with him now thanks to Jesus. And even if you have sinned, all you need to do is repent and turn from that sin and turn back to your dad. He's right behind you. And if you are a Christian, I want you to think about who is in your life right now that maybe you can invite to join us, that might be ready to receive the good news of Jesus Christ. Let's respond during the closing song. Let's respond after the service closes. But let's respond first in prayer together right now. Would you bow with me? Father, thank you for not just saying good riddance to us as we fight against you, as we go our own way, as we refuse. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to find us and save us and change us and bring us back and present us wholly to you. Thank you for making a way for us to be in a right relationship with you. I ask that no person in here would leave with any distance between them and you for any reason. Let us all draw together near to you through Christ and experience the peace and joy of being your children close to you. In Jesus' name, amen.